Today on Awaken to Grace, we are in part two of our current sermon called The Making of a Godly Man. We see where God brings Joseph before Pharaoh, and in a matter of hours, his entire life changes. After years of suffering, 13 years of affliction in Egypt, his life is going to completely change. Well, I hope you enjoy today's edition of Awaken to Grace. Spiritual dreams? Oh, Lord, I hope not, because I got some weird dreams, right? <laughs> Any of you guys have weird dreams sometimes? I hope not all, no, no, all, not all dreams are spiritual dreams. But let me just share some practical teaching with you for a moment. God does speak in dreams. He most certainly does. For me, for my life, what I find, one way that I know that my dreams, that, that a dream is a spiritual dream versus just, you know, ate something weird the night before or I'm groggy or whatever the case is. Here's, here's a couple ways that I know that my dreams are spiritual when the Lord is speaking to me. Number one, I can remember everything. It's very vivid and I remember almost every detail. Dreams that are very fuzzy and I don't remember a lot. No, I don't, I don't think that that's of the Lord. But when a dream is often short and when a dream is often very vivid and I remember every detail, that's an indicator to me, the Lord speaking to me. The other indicator is that it won't let me go. I can try to forget it, but it won't let me forget. You ever had that happen to you? And so dreams like that, I think often the Lord is warning us or the Lord is showing us. At least I find in my life, many of my dreams that are spiritual are warnings. Let, let me give you just a couple of examples and then I'll give you some scripture that I base this on. Uh, some years ago, I dreamed, uh, you know, back here, people who are watching online who don't live in our area, excuse me, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about, but just hang with me. You guys know where Max Medicine is and St. Dominic School is, uh, what is like headed toward Fort Henry. You know what I'm talking about? I was sitting at that red light. <clears throat> I had a dream. This was some years ago. I had a Jeep Wrangler, a white Jeep Wrangler. Oh, I loved that Jeep Wrangler. It passed away and went to heaven, but I loved that Jeep Wrangler. And uh, I was sitting in that Jeep Wrangler, and I was sitting uh, in front of Max Medicine, headed into downtown. So Max Medicine was on my left, and St. Dominic's was on my right. And the light turned green. And when the light turned green in my dream, naturally, I went. And when I went, this car came barreling down uh, that hill behind DB, ran the red light, and hit me in that Jeep and hurt me very badly. Then I woke up. I perceived, I sensed that the Lord was speaking to me. Now, does that mean I totally avoided that area? Maybe for a week or two. But I tell you what I did do, every time that I would sit at that red light, when it turned green, I didn't just go. I looked and I double-checked. Why? Because I sensed the Lord was warning me of something. Does that make sense to you? Let me tell you a far more serious when I was in high school, my dad, didn't be, my dad wasn't truly born again until the last 15 years of his life. And one night when I was still in school and 
knowing that my dad wasn't truly born again, I had a very, very vivid dream that I was standing by his casket. And it so disturbed me. I woke up, I got on my knees right then, and oh, how I interceded. I wept and I pleaded for his soul. Why? I felt as though the Lord warned me. Does that make sense to you? If you want to note this, if you're interested in this, and then I'm going to move on. Job chapter 33, verses 15 and 16. Listen to what the Bible says. Now, again, like anything, people can take things too far. Don't take dreams too far. Like anything, there's a ditch, right? There's a ditch where people think every dream is spiritual. There's a ditch where people think no dream is spiritual. You want the double yellow lines. And I think for me, the double yellow lines is Job 33, 15, and 16. The Bible says that it's in the slumberings of the bed. Listen to this. When deep sleep has fallen upon man, the Lord opens his ears. Isn't that interesting? When deep sleep has fallen upon man, the Lord opens his ears. Do you know what that verse says to me? It says that I think many times I'm too distracted through the busyness of the day It's when deep sleep comes upon me that God can really get my attention and God can speak to me in ways that God wants to speak to me. Amen? So I want to encourage you, pay attention to your dreams. You say, Chad, what do I do if I get a dream that I feel is spiritual? Then what do I do? (coughs) We'll go to Proverbs chapter 22. Um, I'm sorry, I can't remember the reference. So just read the whole chapter. It'll be good for you. Just read the whole thing. (laughs) But there's a verse in Proverbs chapter 22. And listen to what it says. The prudent or the wise, when the Lord speaks, the prudent or the wise will take it to heart. The simple will let it pass on. So if you have a spiritual dream that you feel God is speaking to you or more important, warning you, take it to heart. Don't be simple and just let it roll off. Ask the Lord for discernment. Ask the Lord to show you what he's saying to you. Because I do believe there's a deep biblical principle, Job 33, 15, 16. When deep sleep has fallen upon man, he opens our ears. And this is what he did for Pharaoh. Now we're back to our text in Genesis. This is what he did for Pharaoh. He showed Pharaoh what God was going to do. And Joseph said, Pharaoh, because you've dreamed it twice, the matter is fixed and God will perform it. Well, next we see the unbelievable happen. Literally within a moment, literally within a a time span of hours, Joseph's life completely changed. You know, I think it's odd that all of those years, again, personally, I think it was about 10 years, All of those years in prison, you know when the sun arose in Egypt that day, it arose like any other day. For Joseph, it was a normal day. And the sun rose as though it was a normal day. But God had big plans, amen? And let me tell you, those of you who, like me, you're believing God, like me, 
You're trusting God for a great outcome. One day, the sun's going to come up just like any other normal average day, but it's not going to be a normal day. Amen? It's going to be the day that God chooses to intervene. You say, Chad, when will that be? When he's made gold out of you. So be patient, my friend. Go through the refiner's fire. And so Pharaoh says, among all of his counselors, is there a wiser man in Egypt than this man before us? Is there a man that the spirit of God is in like this man? And Joseph says, I'm going to make you my number two. He became prime minister right then on the spot. He literally went from the prison chains to prime minister. Can you believe that? And look what, well, look, look what Pharaoh gave Joseph. Number one, he gave him a signet ring. Number two, he gave him royal robes. Number three, he gave him a gold chain about his neck. And number four, he gave him the presidential limousine. He gave him his chariot, the number two chariot of the land. Just very quickly, because I've got to move along very quickly. What did the signet ring represent? Well, you know, back then that was like signing a check or signing a bill. The way presidents today will sign law or sign bills or the way that you'll sign a check, well, that's what the signet ring did. Pharaoh took the signet ring off of his finger and gave it to Joseph. That represented power. It represented authority. Joseph now had the authority to sign as though he was signing for Pharaoh. They would take that signet ring, put it in hot wax, and wax that seal over the document, and that put it into law. And he literally went from prison chains to Pharaoh's authority and power. He then gave him a robe. Now, this is fascinating because you know how much coats have caused Joseph trouble, right? Well, now he's got the right robes. And this will be the last time the Bible ever mentions his clothes. Thank God, right? <laughs> but really, can you, can you imagine it? Can you imagine wearing the same? The outfit was so bad they had to change his clothes. And now here he's handed Egyptian cotton. Imagine what the thread count was on those babies. <laughs> and what did he give him? A gold chain. Now watch this. This is fascinating. You, are you still with me? Okay. I don't know how many is here, but I'd say that's a good 60% of you. I'll take it. <laughs> he gave him a gold chain. Now in, in ancient times, even in Paul's day, ambassadors wore thick gold chains because the thicker and the heavier the gold of the chain, the more power and wealth it said your, that your country had. So ambassadors were known for their thick gold chains. You know what that reminds me of? When Paul was in prison, how, how did Paul describe himself in prisoner? An ambassador in what? In chains. Do you see how Paul saw those prison chains? He saw them just like the thick gold chains of foreign diplomats. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he gave him the chariot, the number two chariot, Air Force Two. It was his. And this is what I find so interesting. When Joseph rode throughout Egypt on the chariot, you know what the decree was? Bow the knee. 
Do you remember his dreams when he was 17? How everything bowed before him? Providence. God has intervened. My last point for today. Not only did God refine Joseph in prison for two whole years. I think he was in prison for many, much longer, but I think it was those two whole years that God really made gold out of Joseph. Not only did God bring Joseph before Pharaoh, not only did God give Joseph the interpretation, not only did God promote Joseph to prime minister, not only did God give Joseph the signet ring and the royal robe and the, and the gold necklace and the, the second chariot. I mean, God did. I bet Joseph's head was spinning. You know what God did? God gave Joseph a family. See, he went all through his 20s. I can't imagine being a young man and saying, God, I turned down Potiphar's wife's sexual advancements, and now will I ever have a wife? Will I ever have children? Or am I going to rot in this prison? No, God gave him a wife, and God gave him two sons. You ready for this? Say amen if you're ready for this. You know what he named his firstborn son? Manasseh. Oh, what a great name. If you're pregnant, oh, what a great name for your son. Manasseh. You ought to do that. Manasseh. Sure, you ought to figure out how to spell it. But Manasseh, what a great biblical name. (laughs) You know what the name Manasseh means? I have forgotten all my trouble from my youth. Are you hearing me right now? Joseph had the ability to not only forgive, but he forgot. What do we say so often in our day? Oh, I'll forgive, but I'll never. You've not been refined to gold yet. Let God refine you. I'll forgive, but I'll never forget. Oh, God has some refining to do. Manasseh, God has caused me to forget all the trouble of my youth. You know what Joseph is saying? I'm never looking back. I'm looking ahead. Amen? Some of you can't go forward with God this morning because you live in the past. My friends, let the past be the past. Now that Joseph is prime minister, guess who works for Joseph? Potiphar. And guess what the Bible says that Joseph did to Potiphar and Mrs. Potiphar? Nothing. You know why? Because he was made gold. He was made gold. And God wants to do the same in you. And God wants to do the same in me. His second son, Ephraim. Oh, what a great name. Oh, oh, oh. If you're having twins, Manasseh and Ephraim. Oh, what a great choice. I'll dedicate them to the Lord. Oh, I love it. I love it. Manasseh and Ephraim. And you know what he named Ephraim? The Lord has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Do you hear any bitterness in him? Do you hear any despise in him? Is it in you today? Let God refine you. Let God work in you. And I'm telling you, God will promote you. Let God do the making 
of a godly man, the making of a godly woman, the making of a godly student. Let God do that work in you. And I promise you, he'll do it and he'll fulfill it. Amen? Let's bow our heads today. I don't know where you are in your journey with the Lord right now. I don't know what you've suffered in your past. And I know it's very easy to live in the past. But maybe today, maybe today, whereas Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh, maybe you should name today Manasseh. Maybe you should name today, this last Sunday of October, Manasseh because you're never going to look back again. You're not only going to forgive the people who hurt you, you're going to forget about it too. Say, Chad, I can't forget. Listen, Joseph forgot. He forgot. You know what God does to your sin? He casts it as far as the east is to the west. He buries it in the sea of forgetfulness. So don't tell God you can't forget. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You want to go forward? You want to be blessed even in the land of affliction? You want to have God's peace in your life? You want to bless others? Then forget the past. Forget it. Don't just forgive it. Forget it. Then you can go forward. Some of you, God's had you in the king's prison. Don't despise it. Some of you, God has refined you. He is refining you as gold. Don't despise it. If you need to come pray today, you come right now. If there are people you need to forgive, if there are situations you need to forget, if you need strength in the king's prison, if you need to come and say, God, you know where I am in life right now and I'm not going to despise it, I'm going to glorify God in the midst of it. If you need to come and say, God, you do your work, do it in my marriage, do it in my job, do it in my children, do it in my heart, do it in my family, come and do your work, God. I'll yield to you. I'll submit to you. You come and you let the Lord work in your life. You let the Lord work in your heart. People will come and pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the lessons you taught Joseph. Thank you, God, that you did deliver him. You didn't leave him in that Egyptian pit. Your plans unfolded. It didn't unfold on the timetable he thought. Two whole years had to expire. But it did unfold. It did. And your plans for us will unfold. Your plans for us will succeed. No one will thwart the plans of God, as the book of Job says. No one. No one. Your plans will succeed. (laughs) Those brothers won't thwart the plan of God. Potiphar's wife will not thwart the plans of God. The forgetfulness of the cupbearer will not thwart the plans of God. Your plans will succeed in our life. And we know the plans of God, Jeremiah 29, 11. 
I know the plan I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a hope and a future. Glory to God. That's your plans. We don't need, we don't need psychics. We don't need tarot cards. We don't need readings. We don't need fortune cookies. We don't need anything like that. We have the word of God speaking directly over our life. For surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Whether I'm blind or not. Whether I'm in the king's prison or not. Whether I'm comfortable or not. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. 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 So help us, Lord. Help us while we wait. Give us the patience of heaven. Help us, Lord God. Help us in our forgiveness of others. Let us hold no man in debt. Let us freely, freely forgive. Help us to forget, forget, forget. Help us not to dwell on the past and past hurts. Help us to dwell on today, today, what you're doing today, the grace that is sufficient today. Help us to dwell in that, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Lord, we yield to you today. We submit to you today. (coughs) We accept the refiner's fire. And we pray for gold. Gold. For our life to be pure. For our attitudes to be pure. And Lord, I want to pray specifically right now for those in our church, those watching online. I want to pray specifically those who have bitterness in their soul, in their attitudes because of the actions of others. For those who have great pain because of the actions of others. Those who have sorrow and those who despise where they are in life today because that wife left them or that husband walked out on the family or those parents abused them, whatever the case, God. Those who have sorrow today because of the actions of other people. Lord, will you teach them through the life of Joseph that you will supersede the actions of others And you will bless their life. Teach them that you will bring them to a place of Manasseh. To where they can not only forgive, they'll forget. And they will say, like Joseph in Genesis 50, you meant it for harm. Those people who walked out, those people who neglected, those people who were selfish, those people who were prideful, those people who trampled under us, they meant it for harm. But God meant it for good. Hallelujah. And let the truth of your word and let the sovereignty of your plan come forth in our life. And let it be as pure as gold itself. 
to the praise and the honor and the glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1. Praise God. Praise God. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's broadcast and would like to hear more great content, you can always download our free mobile app, Awaken to Grace, where you can request prayer, find sermons, articles, blogs, music, podcast, as well as support us financially. You can also visit either of our websites at www.preachingchristchurch.com or www.awakentograce.com for more information about our church or our resource ministry. Thank you for listening to Awaken to Grace.